0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hawkeye Insiders, David Eichel, Sean Bach here for 24-7 Sports. Doing an instant reaction to Iowa's 83-67 win over Seton Hall. Very, very impressive performance by Iowa. Sean, I know a lot of people projected this to be a close game. I told a couple groups and I think on the radio today that it wouldn't surprise me if Iowa came away with a double-digit win. But they did it in a fashion that I didn't expect. I think Iowa showed a lot of resiliency, especially on the glass and on the defensive end in the first half. But uh, it's very interesting watching the fray McCaffrey-era teams develop in terms of just having that dog mentality. I mean, you go back to a few years ago, how many close games did Iowa lose? But now it just seems like over the last three years, I don't know if it's just different personnel, if they're doing something different coaching-wise, but they just got some fight to them, and they got some more swagger than I think past Iowa teams have just lacked. But this is a huge, huge quad one victory, road victory already for Iowa this season.
1: Yeah, and I think Donnie Marshall brought up a good point. During his broadcast too, of with the COVID stuff and these teams being older, and I think Iowa falls into that category too. I mean, you mentioned the Luke Garza leading the Keegan Murray, the Joe East camp, um, you know, other guys too. You know, even C.J. Frederick from a couple years ago, like those were more experienced guys, and they were big role playing guys. But you look at the team this year, Phil Verbracha, sixth year. Tony Perkins, third year. Peyton Sanford, get it. He's in his second year. He's the youngest guy. Patrick McCaffrey, what is he, fourth year. Chris Murray, third year. But honestly, it looks like he's gone from his second year to his fourth year, even his fifth year, with yeah. the way that he played tonight. Aaron Euless, third year. Connor McCaffrey, sixth year. That's a lot of experience. And in a hostile environment like tonight, too, at the Prudential Center, you need that experience to win those games. And I thought there was a lot of poise from this team, too. I know Tony Perkins got that technical foul for being really, really excited. But it just seemed like there was more poise from this team maybe in years past. I mean, obviously that wasn't the case in the beginning of the game with, you know, the turnovers and the offensive rebounds being allowed and whatnot. And there was a lot of just, just a lot of mayhem on the court. It seemed like Iowa was playing how Seton Hall wanted to play but I think when maybe it was Chris Murray knocked down that one three to make it either 10 to five or 10 to seven. I thought that's when Iowa really started to slow things down a little bit. They yeah. really started to play their tempo of ball. And I also think when Tyree Samuel went to the bench, I think that was an important stretch too for Seton Hall because they weren't really as getting much on the offensive glass or there really wasn't much going their way in the hustle category. And Iowa just seemed to, you know, take advantage of that. So yeah, I mean, I think experience is a big part of it, and I think you got to tip your hat to guard, to the guards for Iowa, too. I mean, you got to, you know, obviously acknowledge Chris Murray in the game that he had. Phillip Bratcher, while he started out slow, I mean, he looks all – like, I was thinking to myself yeah. with the way that Seton Hall was rebounding the basketball, that maybe this is a game that Iowa has to go to Josh Ogundele and maybe get him, you know, get him to box out Tyree Samuel or whatever, thing. big man. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean – Credit to Phillip for really turning things around and really playing his role and really thriving in that role because that's not always easy for a six-year guy or fifth-year guy to do kind of the garbage work like that. And he's really taken that on and been really solid. And Aaron Eulis too. I mean, Tony Perkins, I know, had 18 points in 34 minutes and was just a dog out there. But, you know, he really seemed to come up with big plays and make big-time plays, take care of the basketball. He had five assists. Aaron Eulis too. I mean, even though he had, a, he had a rough stretch in the first half, his efforts in the second half, I thought were one of the difference makers in this game too, just the way yeah. how poised he looks on the court and just how more comfortable he looks out there. And, you know, he's not rushed and that play where he had three guys surrounding him and he had someone in the corner or a Connor McCaffrey on the wing too. And he somehow saw Connor McCaffrey was wide open, threw it behind him for a open three. And that kind of seemed like the dagger to me in this game. That was just a really a heads up play and kind of, you know, what Aaron Uless is all about. Because I feel like a lot of people weren't really giving him enough credit when DeSante Bowen came in. Now, DeSante Bowen's still young, still figuring things out, but I think a lot of people are writing Aaron Uless off. And he kind of showed yeah. tonight, especially in that second half, that he's going to make big contributions for this Iowa team, especially games where they need ball hammers.
0: I think the one thing that showed me about Aaron Uless, look, he had a horrible stretch in that first half. I mean, I was dictating, what does would do? They could go to Sante Bowen and get throw Perkins back in there. But something that stood out to me, Sean, Fran let him play down the stretch. And that tells me one thing, Fran trusts Aaron Eulis to do the right thing. Because Fran does not play guys late that he does not trust. And Aaron, I thought, like you said, that play to Connor McCaffrey. Connor McCaffrey, by the way, is shooting the ball with so much more confidence than he ever has in his career. There's zero hesitation when he's open. He will pull it. And he's been hitting them. And I think that's a very good thing as well. But yeah, I, I was impressed with the Aaron Ulysses' fight back. And that's exactly what I was going to need from the backups guard spot because I think Tony Perkins, without a doubt, is the best point guard on this team. I, I tweeted during the game, Sean, you know, following Iowa basketball basically my entire life, and especially in the Frank McCaffrey era and covering it for half of the Frank McCaffrey era. People have been clamoring for a point guard that is Tony Perkins. They want a guy that can occasionally hit a three, doesn't hesitate, but as a dog. He can drive in, he can kick out, he can finish through contact, he can rebound, and he is a menace defensively. There's going to be rough stretches for Tony Perkins. But man, he he's one of my favorite players in the country to watch. Just he has such a unique game, and he's there's just so much emotion. And I think it's so it's such a basic thing to say, but there's just so much dog to him. And I think that's exactly the type of attitude that you need. To win games in March. I know we touched on that in our preseason podcast, but I want to go back to Philip Rabracha, too. Got to give him so much credit because I was worried about Iowa in that first possession, Sean, when Seton Hall had three offensive rebounds and they got fouled and went to a line. And you're thinking, probably, this is going to be a long day for Iowa. That first four minute stretch, it just, that was a game that Iowa typically loses under Fran McCaffrey. Philip Rabracha was. I'll say a garbage man, but it's like a garbage man that he put Febreze on. Like, it was dirty work, but he made it look so good. His defense, I thought, down low was spectacular. These are athletic blocks he was making, too. He wasn't just blocking shorter guys, especially the one to end the first half, had four blocks. It seemed like he had more than 11 rebounds as well, but I love seeing him play with that fire. I love seeing him play with that confidence, and I know you touched on the beginning of the year that's exactly what iowa needs and philip just looks like he underst- understands his role so much more this year and on top of that he looks more willing to accept it he looks so much more comfortable in that role i i thought arguably sean it was his best game as a hawkeye if not it's at least top two or three on both ends of the floor he, he was spectacular tonight
1: yeah most definitely and fran mccaffrey mentioned it too i think a lot of people with the way that Iowa went into the transfer pool this summer and looking for a big man to, you know, fill another need. I think a lot of people were maybe saying, hey, is Fran writing? Like, I know, obviously, Fran would not do this. But, hey, is, like, Fran writing off Phillip? Like, they don't believe that he can be a a big man or, you know, a, like a solid big man or a reliable big man in the Big Ten. That was never the case. But it's yeah. always good to have another depth piece. And Fran McCaffrey has mentioned before, too, that, the league, the way that the Big Ten is set up this year, they're gonna need Josh and Riley to potentially step up in games against Michigan, Indiana and a couple other programs. But Phil for Bracha, while well, he's may he may be undersized, he does so many things well for this team, whether that's rebounding, whether that's guarding ball screens, being versatile. I mean, I think he's got, you know, maybe more footwork or better, more polished footwork than some of the other guys that he goes up against that might be stronger, more talented, or have more length to him. But, yeah, he just does so many things down low for you that that work out. I mean, obviously, with some of the offensive rebounding or the defensive rebounding, that's kind of magnified because he's not as tall and not as lengthy. And, you know, there are going to be times where he's not going to be able to get his shots off down low or, you know, he's not going to be able to guard guys down low as, as effectively. But just the way I think he moves his feet, I think, makes up for it. But, yeah, I mean, this is one of those games, too, where Iowa really needed him to step up. And that was the case here. And that's what he did. And that's kind of what Iowa needs from Rabracha this year. I've said before the season, I think if he averages 10 and eight, which is an improvement from last year, where I think he was like six and six or five and five, that is going to be a very healthy step up for this Iowa team for Rabracha, too. Because if he does that, he could be one of the more impactful big men in this league. From not just, not a talent standpoint, because Trey Jackson Davis and Hunter Dickinson are obviously on a different level, but from just an importance and a vital aspect to this team, because he has other guys down low that will offer length and can guard multiple spots. So that makes his life easier in that regard. But just what he's able to do is like being that junkyard dog or being that guy that, you know, kind of just does everything down low, not even really a glue guy, but just one of those guys that you can kind of put down there and he'll do what's asked of you or he'll do what's asked of him. So I think that aspect is what's, what's really important as well.
0: No doubt. And again, I think Seton Hall is going to have his challenges offensively this year. I mean, they they turned the ball over at a crazy rate. And even entering the game, I think the first two games had 36 combined turnovers, they turned the ball over 16 more times against Iowa today. Something I did like, though, Shaheen Holloway coach team. Sean They, you know, they pressure the ball. They force a lot of turnovers. Iowa only turned the ball over eight times. And against a Shaheen Holloway coach team, that is a very, very good sign. You pointed the experience earlier. I think that's a very big deal as well. But, uh, yeah, again, I think the way it happened for Iowa, they need to find ways to win different different ways to win games. And again, for Iowa, just stepping up defensively, I thought their interior presence was spectacular. I mean, Iowa doesn't have the size, but whenever there was an offensive rebound, you saw three Iowa jerseys in the paint already looking to block a shot, looking to block a kick out pass to make things difficult. And I thought Iowa more than eight, not any other time over the past couple of seasons, but it was up there. I mean, they did a great job of collapsing inside. They weren't so hyper focused on getting the ball back and running down the court. They were focused on defense. And that's a very good sign going forward. Again, Iowa's resiliency in the rebounding department, I thought was a big deal. And again, I didn't write about Aaron Uless in my first impressions. I probably should have because that second half he put together was very, very good. Uh, but something I know people want to hear about, Sean, something that we haven't touched on yet. Some people were worried about Peyton Sanford. I, I wouldn't read too much into this game for Peyton Sanford. I mean, he missed, he got a couple shots early didn't didn't hit him he got in foul trouble it wasn't a game where I want to say Iowa need him to dominate it wasn't his style of game I think he'll respond fine I think he's still gonna be a big-time player for Iowa this year I, I think it was just one of those games where different guys stepped up instead of Sanford what, what say you get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady a Netflix live event happening May 5th
1: It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think Peyton, I didn't love this matchup for him. I thought maybe he could hit a couple more threes or at least knock down a couple more shots. I mean, I thought he had some open opportunities. Um, I didn't love the matchup, but yeah, I think he'll be fine too. I mean, he's not going to be a guy that's going to create often off the ball. I mean, on the ball, like more as a shot creator. I think that's more of Price's brother's type of deal. But I think one thing that's really valuable about Peyton, I think a lot of people underestimate. Um, I think defensively he's gotten better, obviously. Yeah. But he doesn't turn the ball over. He hasn't had a turnover yet this year. He's a really smart player. And that's almost C.J. Frederick-esque to a couple years ago When CJ, while he had his games here and there, obviously he battled the injury bug, shot the ball well, but he didn't turn the ball over. And I think that's a really vital thing with some of these perimeter players because with how well they shoot the ball, they're going to have guys closing out on them. And those closeouts can lead to potential guys cutting down the lane or potential guys slipping that can open up other opportunities for others. And I think that's what makes a guy like Peyton so valuable and what makes a shooter so valuable like Peyton is, yes, he can shoot the ball well, but if he can pass the ball and he can see the floor well as a shooter and not just, you know, be locked in on shooting the ball, then that's a really valuable aspect that I think some people don't don't realize.
0: I feel like we're brushing over one of the headlines of this game, Sean. We got to talk about Chris Murray more than we have. I mean, Chris was phenomenal. Not to use a franism, but 29 points. Carried Iowa, I thought, the first half. He scored 14 of their first 21 points. Very, I don't want to say like Keegan because Chris is a separate player. But, man, Chris looks like an All-American tonight. He looked like a potential lottery pick. 11 rebounds, did not turn the ball over. And he just looks so much more confident and just confident in his game. And there was no panic to him. I thought at times last year he sped up a little bit took some ill-advised shots or panicked when he went in the paint. There was none of that in this game. I mean, he he finished through contact a lot of the time. I thought the officials were, you know, not to go down that path. It was a tough matchup for them to call. I feel like just based on the style of game and the environment. But I thought Chris did a spectacular job. I thought Iowa did a great job of adjusting the way the officials called it because the first 10 minutes were as physical as I can remember. Not a lot of fouls going either way. Then, obviously, they flipped the switch. But Iowa kept in attack mode. They kept going down low. They kept driving to the hoop, something that Seton Hall really didn't do. I thought Seton Hall kind of mailed it in for a while, Sean, just really hucked up threes, and this is not a good shooting Seton Hall team. But Chris Murray, man, I mean, I know there's a plenty of NBA scouts there and for his first nationally televised game, uh, I think he's emerging. He's not Keegan's brother this year, Sean.
1: This is Chris Murray, and he's arrived. No, he, he showed, I mean – I, I don't want to say this. I I thought that <laughs> he might have been more smooth at times than Keegan was last year in this game. Or at least he was at that level, which was something I did not expect. Keegan is as smooth as they come when scoring the basketball. But I was amazed with how effortless Chris made it look at times. Yeah, Whether that's shooting the ball. I mean, at adding a very good shot or a very reliable jumper to his shot or to his arsenal is important. And just being confident, being the go-to guy. I thought some of his drives, too, are really effective. I mean, it's harder for people to guard lefties because left they're so used to guarding righties. It's like in baseball. It's like it's tough going up against a lefty pitcher because it's unique, and that's the same way with guarding a lefty in basketball. So I think that's a really interesting Wrinkle that he has to his game where he can go over his left shoulder and really that throws off defenses. And he has that little hook shot of that little kind of floater where he goes to the left side of the rim and yeah. finishes with his left hand and makes it really hard to guard. So I would, yeah, I was really impressed with what he showed and kind of that killer instinct that maybe some people question that he had coming into this year, especially with the way that Keegan, what he did last year, Chris coming in. And being that go-to guy, I mean, no one really knew. But I think Keegan might have shown more flashes. But Chris was, you know, more, I guess, in the backseat or didn't show. I mean, he showed promise. But I think Keegan showed more of those flashes his freshman year than maybe Chris did in previous years or in last year especially. So seeing Chris take on that role this year has been really, really good for this team because they need a guy – like Chris and with Tony Perkins, Patrick McCaffrey, Peyton Sanford, that can step up and score 15 plus points a night. I think
0: outside of the Indiana game, Keegan had more flashes as a freshman than Chris last year. Obviously when Chris had a step up to play in the Indiana game, we had I think 29 and 10 in that game, which were his career highs. Obviously that really showed, okay, if he's the focal point, he can be a guy, but you know what I love too, Sean, Chris demands the ball and he doesn't go through stretches where he doesn't touch the ball. He demands the basketball, and I think that's a very good trait for him to have. I know there were times where people got frustrated last year because Keegan wasn't getting the ball, but I think Chris is much more vocal and just in terms of his body language and everything, where he demands the basketball. I think it's a really good thing, especially when he gets going. So I know a couple other people, Sean, were tweeting at me, and they were wondering if Iowa's three-point shooting is going to be Something to worry about this season. Iowa finished 5 of 16 from the field. Chris Murray had three of them. Patrick had one, and Connor McCaffrey had the other. I, I don't know if you're with me on this. I don't think there's anything to worry about three-point shooting-wise. Every team's going to have an off night, but Peyton Sanford's one of the best shooters in the conference. Patrick showed flashes, especially again in that game against Richmond, what he can do. Chris Murray's on you know, not afraid of the moment. He's going to continue to put up you know six seven threes a game and i think that's good for him because he can hit that 40 plus percent I, I and connor if he continues to emerge from the outside i think he can be another guy uh well, let's say you i i really don't think iowa has to worry about anything offensively there'll be an off night or two but it's Frank mccaffrey coached offense
1: well i mean with the way that they were attacking the lane and getting into those certain spots and Drawing defense is out. Uh, yeah, I'm not too worried either. I mean, Connor. I think Connor should shoot more. And I think Fran has said yeah. before in previous press conference that he's been telling Connor to shoot more. I think he had a. I know he hit one three, but he had another three too that looked to be open, but he just didn't didn't put it up. And I was kind of like, dude, what are you doing? You got to shoot that. Um, yeah. Kind of being one of those couch those couch guys, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think from a three point shooting perspective, you'd like to see. Peyton be that guy because I think you gotta have at least one knockdown shooter and maybe another one so Peyton I wanna see be that guy shooting 35% to start the year was 0-2 tonight Um, yeah I mean I'd just like to see another guy step up and be a reliable three point shooter because I think that's gonna be so valuable because I think this team I think they can finish around the rim better and get to the rim better but shooting the ball um yeah it's gonna be it's gotta be something that needs to be consistent so I think Sanford will be that guy Chris I think can can step up and you know potentially fill that role too I mean he was three of eight tonight Patrick um same way but if you can have maybe one or two three-point shooting guys consistent and then you know two, three, four other formidable three-point shooters, I think you're in good shape.
0: Yeah. No, I'm with you again. I, I think there's several guys that can step up. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's going to come down come down to, can Iowa play defense and can they rebound the basketball? That's get carry Iowa to where they want to get to go because I, I'm under the assumption, Sean, where Fran McCaffrey year in, year out, is going to have a top ten offense in the country. And that's, that's crazy to think about. But I think he has a proven track record. Of that, but now this is it's going it to be very interesting watching this team going forward. Monday they return back home and play Nebraska, Omaha, but guess what? Then we have a fun three weeks of basketball for for Iowa. I mean, they're going to go up against Iowa State, they're going to go up against Duke, they're going to go up, go down to the Emerald Coast Classic, compete in those games as well. I give a lot of credit to Frank McCaffrey for putting the schedule together because I know in years past people have been critical of Iowa's non-conference schedule. Yes, they're still a cupcake or two. But Iowa's showing they're not afraid. They're looking to go take on the best of the best. And, again, I think that game against Duke and Madison Square Gardens could be a lot of fun. But it's good for Iowa, I think, to get a, a, a good win against an NCAA caliber team. And I think Seton Hall is going to be an NCAA caliber team this season. I think they can correct some things on offense. Shaheen Holloway, I think, is a top 15, top 20 coach in the country. And he wants to be at Seton Hall, which I think is another added motivation. Uh, for him but uh, any other final takeaway, sean i know we kind of just dove into this head first but it uh, definitely a surprising win just in the fashion that iowa did it in the way they did it but a very very good win for iowa that i think showcased their potential throughout the season
1: yeah no i agree with you i think this is one of those games too where when you don't have the best night offensively you got to show that you can win these types of games that might be mud fights so I think in that regard, it was very, very positive. And you know, they have Nebraska Omaha this coming Monday. Then they have five straight non or five straight Power Five opponents: Clemson, yeah. Georgia Tech, um, or Clemson, or then Cal or TCU in that next game. TCU obviously falling the other day. Then they have Georgia Tech, Big Ten, ACC challenge, Duke at the Garden, Iowa State at home, and then Wisconsin at home. So. That's an important six game stretch to get you tuned up. I mean, I know I, Wisconsin's a conference game, but that's an important six game stretch to continue to bolster that NCAA resume if you want to get, you know, one of those higher seeds because I mean, this is one of those games where I think Seaton Hall is probably going to be a better basketball team once the season move like at the end of the season when their yeah. offense kind of comes around. But that's an impressive win to beat a team like that that maybe you don't match up with well in some areas and you know win in the way that you did so just got to keep that momentum and not let up because it's a really really important stretch coming up
0: i think if iowa can go three and two in that five game stretch against power five teams I think that's a big win if they go four and one sean then i think you're really looking at it. look i know brando uh got a lot of crap for the way he called the game but there is something that stood out to me and it's something that we touched on at the beginning of the year this does look like it has potential to be Iowa Sweet Sixteen team. It, it really does. I think if they can continue the toughness on the glass is going to be a big key. But again, I think just the the, the sort of swagger and the attitude that this team has this early on in the season. Sean, Iowa's lost three. Iowa basketball has only lost three games since January thirty first. I mean, they're still arguably one of the hottest teams in the country. I know they lost uh, Richmond. That was just a very weird basketball game. But this is a group that I don't think it's motivated by revenge, but I also think that they're looking to prove that they don't want to go anywhere. And I think you have a lot of experienced guys around and there's nothing more that guys like Connor McCaffrey uh, and Philip Abraja would rather do than to take Iowa to a sweet 16. I mean, that's a big reason why Connor McCaffrey came back for his, his sixth season. It's because he wants to be on the team when he sees his dad lead Iowa back to his sweet 16. So I think there are a lot of factors here at play. And again, I love the chemistry of this Iowa team. They haven't turned the ball over and it just seems like there's so much more comfort with everyone. It that everyone has in their role this season.
1: Yeah, no, most definitely. I I agree with you hundred percent.
0: So Sean, I appreciate you uh, hopping on tonight, chopping it up post game. I know people are going to want to hear it. Uh, We'll have full coverage of Iowa, Minnesota this Saturday at 3 p.m. We'll be on Fox. If Iowa wins. They stay live for the Big Ten West. So be sure to stay tuned to Hawkeye Insider for that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at David Eichel, at SBOC 247 and at Hawkeyes on 247. And we will talk to you soon